Welcome back to another Corner Conversation uh, Behind the Message. This is a podcast where we talk about just our formation of our conversations on Sunday. This coming Sunday, we are starting a a series where we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians and uh, this book of enlightened God, Paul talking about how God loves us and then turns to uh, what is our response from that. We're just opening the door in chapter one today, and I encourage you to listen in, read along, uh, dive into this book, and uh, see where it leads you. And we're back. We're back. We're talking, uh, we're introing Ephesians today. Ephesians. It's What's an Ephesian. Well, it's funny you ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I like understanding context and I like, you know, context is really important even in relationship with people. And it's funny that I've been married for 20 Three years, maybe twenty-four years. Coming up on twenty-four years. Do you know? Well, I got married in nineteen ninety-six, and so Hmm. you have to do the math. Uh, It must be twenty-three years, almost twenty-four. But uh, (laughs) do you know how long you've been married? No. (laughs) Uh, That's what I thought. Um, But I discover context with Amber still moments when um, something from her experience when she was a kid or when she was uh, before we met or even while we've been married that context of experience that I wasn't with her or that was outside of obviously outside of us or me and experiences shape us they shape how we respond they shape what needs to be said to us uh, what we say all these things and as you get greater, greater, greater and greater context, or like, as Greg would say, relationship over time. Isn't that what you would say? Yeah. Relationship <laughs> over time, better understanding. Yeah. yeah. But as, you, as you get that greater understanding, um, as you get greater context, it really, um, yeah, it builds depth to relationship. It, it helps you be predictive, but it also helps you be correct in your response. Well, it helps and, you be known. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so um, on on Sunday, I'm going to give some breakdown to who the people of Ephesus were, and uh, some just I'm not going to break it all down right now. But the thing that is fascinating to me is that one, this this is the most on tada whatever like groundbreaking moment. But these were people. These were people. They loved their family. They wanted, they wanted good things for their kids. Uh, they wanted to provide. They, they were thinking forward. They struggled. They, they're just, they were people. So like that always has to be a groundwork to anything that we read in scripture is that we, it's so easy to either make people villains or make people supernatural or like angels or uh, deities. 
but these were people. And Paul shows up to a city that was huge, between two and 300,000 people, uh, and was an economic and political and culture-shaping powerhouse in the world. Uh, he shows up and he starts sharing about Jesus, and he does it for a long time, and some people really embrace it, and some people don't. And because of the culture shift, uh, because of people turning to, to Jesus and turning away from their um, Diana, their false god or their statue, their thing that they had the big temple to, it was disrupting their economy. Uh, people from all over the region would come to that temple and buy those figurines. In Acts chapter 19, we see a riot because of that. And so the church rised up, and Paul didn't die there, but his ministry continued, and its impact after he left continued. And um, here, Ephesians, he's writing back to real people that were surrounded by a real culture, and he's trying to remind them that Jesus likes them, mm. and that, that liking them should impact their life. And uh, I don't know, I just like, I, I've read a lot and trying to just really like soak in who they were. But for me, the, the foundation, what I hope I can share is that man, they're just, these, these were, were people that were trying just like us. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and just because they missed it, it's perfect because you know what? I miss it Sure. at times and we all miss it. And so what do I need? Like, I need a letter from Paul saying, don't forget God's India. Yeah. I, I feel like this really sets the stage for obviously the rest of Paul's writings here, but it's like, I feel like rather Paul could have been like, Oh, we're all just like terrible. And so we're all on the same playing field. Like Paul's trying really hard here to set everybody on the same playing field, but rather than be like, yeah, we are all sinners. We all suck. We've all failed, which is all true. Uh, Paul really talks about you know, like what you said, that God really likes you, that God's yeah. for you, that God's with you, that God had you in mind before all this started. So he's like, not only the same playing field, but this, it's this elevated playing field of like, no, you have value um, because of who God is and what God's done. Yeah, That's important going into Ephesians. Yeah, and you, you look at, you know, Paul's experience in Acts chapter 19, where there was a, a riot in the city and he wanted to go and speak to the crowd, but Paul's comrades wouldn't let him in because they knew they were going to kill him, probably going to rip him to pieces. And it says that Acts 19, it says that the mob had formed and most of the mob didn't even know why they were there. <laughs> but th Just like that's mob mentality. Yeah. And so here Paul is writing to a group of people uh, to a population that part of the memory back is is absolute chaos and it's it, what a good perspective for paul to still have want to communicate hope but not to realize that this isn't a moment where paul is such a great guy but the message is what it's what it's all about sure zach you did a bunch of digging into chapter one yeah i really like i mean i like Greg, what you said about kind of just that it's an elevated playing field. This is like, a, Scott, you were saying just how it's a reminder. This is a moment of, yeah, Paul really getting at the root of the identity of followers of Jesus. Like, 
hey, you're not going to get everything right. Um, but here's who you really are in Christ. Here's what Jesus has really done and how it actually affects your standing before God right now and how it should affect your day-to-day life moving forward. And uh, I just love the way that the message uh, Eugene Peterson paints the picture in Ephesians 1 of, um, yeah, just what Paul's talking to here, um, what it really is to, to be in Christ, what actually was accomplished by this work Jesus did. Um, he just says that, you know, long before God laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. And uh, he had determined long ago, he settled on us to be the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy. He goes on to talk a lot about that. And I can read things like this and immediately think through, you know, oh, this is for the people of Ephesus, or this is for the people of um, Philippi, or whoever Paul is writing to in this moment. But um, this theme actually pops up in a lot of Paul's letters that... Mm -hmm you're in Christ now, forget what you have seen before, forget even what you might feel like you're experiencing right now in life. Uh, None of that compares to the reality that you are in Christ. Mm. And uh, I I love when he says we in this passage, he's not just talking about himself. He's not just talking about his people, the, the Jews, because actually he's talking to a group of outsiders here. He's talking to Gentiles. Um, these people who lived in Ephesus were probably not Jewish. I mean, most of them were not Jewish. And uh, they were the outsiders before the gospel. And Jesus' new covenant invites them in. And that includes us. Um, you know, I love that we're obviously not in the time of Paul's writing 2000 years ago, but I'm pretty sure if Paul were to write a letter to the church today, uh, part of the letter would include these exact things, you know, that we are the focus of God's love. We've been made whole and made holy. You know, Hebrews 10 paints this picture that Jesus sacrificed once and for all. We've been made holy through it. You know, we're celebrated as adopted sons and daughters. We're abundantly free from these penalties, these punishments of sin, and, you know, yet we still experience the effects of sin, um, but we're really let in by God. We find out, I love the last line of uh, chapter one, I think it's verse 11, or it's not the last line, but verse 11, chapter one, the message says, it's, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. So the internal, we find out who we are, and then the external, what we're living for. And... Uh, it's just just an amazing chapter that really kind of packs together. Remember who you are in Christ. And I think of Mufasa. Remember who you are. That's, that's the premise of the whole book of Ephesians is yeah. who, who you are in the eyes of Christ and how that shapes and makes you. I love Which the I word. Yeah. yeah the, 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 when Paul says that, you know, that, that long, long ago that you were appointed, you know, throughout eternity. We, in our current culture, we don't really have a great or maybe any perspective of long stances or stretches of time. You know, I think even in Ephesus, you know, here it's an, it was an ancient city when Paul was there. Uh, the, the, you know, it was settled. 
it was risen up by the Greeks, it was conquered by the Romans. Even this, the temple of Diana, there were several, but the one that stood when Paul was there took 120 years to build. And so like our perspective of like long time is like, you know, the, uh, this coronavirus world thing, this has been a month. Ugh. A month is so long. Yeah. And, and so to think that, you know, long, long ago, God loved you and chose you and set you apart. Like what? Like three weeks ago. Yeah. And Paul's perspective of passage of time and just culturally the perspective of passage of time and length of time and how things were a process, not just like, you know, I, I feel frustration right now because an Amazon order doesn't take two days right now. Right. And, and so, and I would think, you know, my transformation in relationship with God, I mean, if it takes two days, I, listen, I'm a, I'm a God prime member. And so, <laughs> but you know, Paul, Paul was walking down streets that took centuries to build. And that, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. I think one thing that is natural for me is to, to get to work all right, all this sounds amazing. What do I got to do to get it, you know? Mm. But really the reality Paul gets to here is he, this is not to be earned. This is not a work-based thing. Like we, we get that out of order, um, but that actually these things are true because it's what God says is true. And faith is just a lot of times me walking in agreement with what God says is true about me aligning myself with that truth, even when my own experience, my own thinking, my own emotions are trying to tell me the opposite, um, which the whole kind of picture of this happening before the creation of the world really puts that into perspective for me that I wasn't around to influence God's choice, but yet he was thinking of me like before time, God decided this. This is not my work. He did it. He has chosen it. And faith is us agreeing that it's true. And it's easy for me to remember kind of my worst moments and like kind of frame it through. All right. Well, this is true of me when, you know, I'm doing really well. But what about when I'm not doing well? And uh, I just see in Paul's writing here that, uh, man, God's reality is that he doesn't think of our worst moments in the moments where we consider our worst, he's actually just blowing past them. Like, Hey, don't get, don't get stuck in what you think is the past. Cause long before that moment, I still chose and uh, really leads us to this question of what happens to me internally and externally when I understand and when I process through and when I choose to believe that God chooses me when I'm at my worst moments and wow. Uh, the reality is at my worst, God says he is, He wants me, that I'm his. He uh, doesn't tell me to base my thoughts off of what I've done um, or my best moments even, but really to base my thoughts of myself on what he says about me. That's really what Paul opens up here. And it challenges me because I forget it, you know, and I, I quickly get to work. I quickly get to work. <laughs> God, I got to earn your love. I have to earn your acceptance. And all along, he's saying, no, for before time, I chose you and I still choose you. That's amazing. Yeah. It feels really good to be chosen, right? Like, yeah, yeah. a good feeling. I like it. I, I hate using sports analogies, but I feel like uh, I've, there's this 
the sports analogy of like being chosen for sports teams is a pretty good uh, connection. And for me, I I was fairly good at sports growing up. Uh, like not bragging, but a little bit bragging. Like I was I was actually really good. I was picked first a lot. <laughs> uh, but it like it made me think of this reality of the and we've talked a million times about it but the the tension between faith and works and i i wasn't good at sports just because i was good uh i, I was i tried to make a list of all the things that caused me to be better like i had a dad who really valued athleticism and because of that i had coaches and i had trainers and he instilled in a value a value in me of competition and working hard and uh, I was born in September, which in school, that means that you are about a year above everybody else. Like you have a year of growth on everybody else. And genetically, I'm just, I tend to be a bigger, bigger than most of my peers growing up. And so I like all of these things gave me the opportunity, gave me this privilege to be better at sports. And it was nothing that I did, but it was given to me. And then I have a choice, like, what am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with this privilege that's been given to me? And I, I wonder if it's the same in our relationship with Christ. Like Paul starts Ephesians here and he talks about how God chose you. Like despite everything in life, despite everything going on, God chose you. Like that's the privilege you're given. You're given the privilege of relationship with God if you want it. You can't be good enough, can't memorize enough scripture, you can't give enough money, you can't attend enough church services, you can't worship hard enough, you can't serve your neighborhood hard enough, you can't even love people enough to get relationship with God. It's given, it's a privilege given to every person. And just like Zach said, he used words like long before or long, long ago. Yeah. It was God's choice, fully God's choice to give it to you. And so we have to wrestle with this choice, this in faith and works we can't do it but we've been given privilege so the question is like what do you do with that what do you do with that privilege that you were given what do you how do you respond and it goes back to like what you started with even like we talked about COVID-19 and how this reality it's kind of a change everything moment and I think the moment that I understood that I didn't have to do anything for a relationship with God but that God has opened up the door for relationship with me, has given me that privilege. That's a change everything moment because what changes everything is how I respond to that. Just like in sports, how I could have responded by saying, yeah, I just don't want to play. I don't want to do it. I've been given all of it, but I just don't want it. I had that choice or I could have taken advantage of it. And uh, in the same way in our relationship with faith, we can choose how we're going to respond. That's our responsibility. Hmm. Yeah, I like to, not to make this a mess, but <laughs> I love John in Revelations chapter two. He has this, Ephesus is one of the churches he writes to, and he has, he doesn't say to them, the direction to them isn't like, you guys better figure it out or be better, or you guys better stop sinning. But instead he, he says, you forsaken the love you had at first. Yeah. And, uh, and so this is reciprocated love. Is it, is it deserved or is it loaded with grace? Uh, it's a lot more grace than earned or worthy. 
And, uh, but w what are you going to do with that privilege that you've been given? Uh, man, love, love God emphatically. And what happens from that? Those things kind of, they take care of themselves. That's, that's, that's part of the message of, of Ephesians as a whole that we'll get into over the next, uh, just over a month, is that um, Paul is like screaming, remember, don't forget, remember, grace, grace, don't forget about grace, don't forget, forget about his love, and don't forget the, about the cross and his resurrection. Mm. And, then, and then he goes, all right, now that you've remembered those things again, now that you're in the middle of a culture still that is disruptive to you and your faith, uh, God loves you. You're forgiven. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is, a, this is, which is a, it's a, an incredibly powerful moment. Uh, Greg, you, you have this, this question at the end of this of just processing this, uh, the gift that we have. What are you going to do with what you've been given? Um, I think that's what Paul is trying to articulate is that you've been given so much. Like, at yes. least that's what I hear from what Zach shared. Yeah. Paul yeah. saying, guys, we're not on the same level because we're trash and terrible. We're on the same level because God chose all of us. Like, that's the unifying thing in us. And so what are you yeah. going to do with that? Yep. And this isn't a moment for the three of us to be prescriptive. Yeah. Uh, this, this isn't, you know, I, I love that the first three chapters of Ephesians are very low and prescriptive. There's some things that he gives nudge towards, but uh, I, I really hear the reader, the church in Ephesus is reading this. They, they just started, it started to really build in them about who they are and how God sees them. And, and then maybe there's some, some direction. And direction is complex. Well, I can't wait for us to get to that as we turn that corner. But, uh, what, what we don't want to do as, as a church, what our call as pastors is not to tell people what to do, but to ask this question. Oh, don't forget, God's into you. Now what are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, this is cool. I, I want to encourage everybody as uh, we're in an unusual season uh, with the pandemic and with social distancing and with what, what's become uh, harder, but also what's become easier, what's become more clear, all these things. This, this is... Uh, a moment of change of perspective. And those, these changes of perspective uh, have potential to, to carry on and will, some of them will carry on for the rest of our lives. Um, I've thought about this quite a bit, even in the last uh, day, is that um, my mom passed away a year ago, just over a year ago. And uh, uh, in her entire lifetime, she never experienced a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot of people that have never experienced anything like this. Throughout human history. And, uh, and so, but here we are, and God is not surprised. Uh, what, what are we going to do? What is the body of Christ is, uh, uh, God is excited. Long, long ago, he appointed us yeah. <laughs> for this time. And, and here today, as you, as you listen to this, uh, you are, you're a part of that. 
I want to encourage you to wrestle deeply with your faith, uh, encourage community, love people, uh, ask great questions, but also ask God great questions and uh, seek, seek truth and answers. And so it may be hard to find a church community right now, but it's also incredibly easy. Um, um, it's all, it may be difficult to connect with new people, but it's also incredibly easy if you give it initiative. And we want to encourage you to do that. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Someday we'll be in person. Yeah.